We hope that this message will help guide you toward positive, Christ-centered change. By reviewing this podcast, you could be part of spreading the good news. Please also consider giving a donation to our ministry at cometoabc.com slash giving. As always, these messages are available to copy and share on social networks. Uh, it is good to see all of you this morning. And uh, I believe that what Jesus did for us has lasting effect that our resurrection is uh, given to us also by God. That not only did Jesus rise from the dead, but in a real way, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you also rose from the dead. Now, now what do I mean by that? There is spiritual death, and we're actually born into it. Jesus was talking with one of the church leaders who didn't really understand Jesus' ministry at all. And uh, his name was Nicodemus. And good old Nick was curious about what Jesus was doing. But the rest of the people in the synagogue, the rest of the people in the temple, didn't want to be associated with Jesus because Jesus, his ministry was often to the poor. His ministry was also often to the weak. It was to the lame. He was no respecter of persons. In fact, they said that himself, themselves. And Nicodemus comes to Jesus in the middle of the night, near midnight, and starts talking to Jesus because he just wants to know, hey man, what are you all about? And Jesus starts to tell him that you must be born again. And we might have heard that before. And so it's not as startling to us, but Nicodemus is sitting there, and his eyes cross, I think. <laughs> he gets really confused. What do you mean we got to be born again? What does that mean? There's no way I can do that. I'm, I'm a full-grown man. And, and that ain't going to happen. And Jesus says, no, you need a spiritual birth. You need to be born into the kingdom of heaven. And he goes on to, to give him John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but... Yeah, have everlasting life. So that's what Jesus has given us. His resurrection isn't just him coming back from the dead. It's us taking our first spiritual breath. It's us taking that very first one. How many of you can remember when your kids were born? And, and, and as a dad, now we're in the room. I mean, maybe some of you weren't in the room when the kids were born. And, and as a dad, what I'm doing is is doing this, and I'm praying, and can we turn myself, turn me down just a touch there, there we go, so we're, we're, I'm pacing, and I'm praying, and then that moment comes when the baby comes out, and, and they're all sorts of different colors sometimes, <laughs> and, so, and I've had kids come out, and they look like little angels, and I have others come out, and I say, I don't think it's done yet, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not going to tell you which one, I will later, uh, if you ask me. The bigger ones just get smushed a little bit more when they come out. But, but there's this moment when they're coming out, and then they're out completely, where you want to hear that cry, right? You want to see that, that first breath. You want to see life. You want to see response. And that is one of the scariest moments for me. My wife, her job is done, and she's happy, and she knows everything's going to be all right. But I'm like, oh, breathe. 
Our, our littlest one, he's four months old now, so this is fresh in my memory. He came out, and there was no doubt he was alive <laughs> because he had the healthiest set of lungs I've ever heard. Wah! And I knew I wasn't going to sleep for a long time. But it was good. It was a good thing to hear. When we come to Jesus, we take that first breath. But the only way that breath is put into us is through the Holy Spirit calling us here. Now, Some of you maybe are here for the first time this morning. I, I don't believe that's accident. I don't think it's just from invitation. I, I don't think it's just random. I think God knew you were going to be here and there's a reason for it. And people have been praying for you. And maybe you've been here a thousand times. I believe the very same thing for you. That God knew you were going to be here. That He predestined this moment. And maybe it's just to remind us of the glorious life that we've been given through Jesus Christ. Or maybe it's to hear that in a different way for maybe the first time where it clicks. But I want all of you to be spiritually breathing. Amen? I want all of you to have that breath. And, and Chris, uh, who is baptized, I, I've seen a change in him. And his friends that have been praying for him a long time. And I think I started praying for him maybe a year ago because someone asked me to. And then he came in and goes, I'm Chris. And I go, I've been praying for you. I've been praying for you. And there's probably other people that have been praying for a long time for him. Jesus brings that life to us and He allows us to have that grace. So we go from spiritual death to spiritual life and we all know that there's going to be a physical death, but there is going to be not only a spiritual resurrection, there's going to be a time where bodies pop up out of this field over here and they're new and they're whole and they're going up to the Lord Jesus there is a physical resurrection that occurs as well. That Jesus' physical resurrection, His three days in the tomb represent the time that we will be in the ground as well. But then we will be risen and we'll be physical. We'll be there, we'll be giving a, a new body, a, a new presence, an incorruptible body, meaning that morally we can never fail again. Morally we'll never choose to go against God. And as a believer in Jesus Christ, I look forward to that day when I am with my Savior and my Lord, and I no longer will be tempted by sin, and I no longer will give in to those things. Amen. Amen. That's exciting. That's the hope that we live with, is that Jesus not only showed us the way, He already walked it. He already lived it. And He's back with the Father. And in fact, it says He's, he's in very courtroom of heaven, the throne room of heaven, and He is there right beside God the Father. And when we speak His name, He says, hey, there's my boy, there's my girl, there's, there's one of my kids doing the right thing. And not only that, He's praying for you. So as much as your prayers matter, think about this. That in this moment, Jesus is praying for you. That's incredible. That's really marvelous. John chapter 5, verse 24. It says this. I tell you the truth. Those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me, have eternal life, and they will never be condemned for their sins, but they have already passed from death into life. 
Amen. Amen. We've already passed from death into life. So realize this, even though we have our own faults, and even though we have our own failures and sins, even now, realize that Jesus does not condemn you for those. He's already paid for it all. He's already paid for it all. You are set free from that. He has forgotten your sins. They're as far as the east is from the west, and guess what? Those don't touch. It says he threw them into the deepest part of the sea, never to be recalled again. That's the Jesus we serve, the risen Lord, the God that we love. He has forgiven us that deeply. Mark chapter 16, verse 5 through 7 is going to give us the account, one of the accounts we find in the Gospels of Jesus' resurrection. Realize that Jesus has given us a gift. The gift of grace, the gift gift of salvation that we cannot earn and, and we do not deserve. But he has given it to us freely. But it has cost him everything. And, and he hung on the cross and he was crucified. And then he was put in the tomb. And all of his believers thought, it's done. It's over. He's dead. Our Savior is gone. But it wasn't over, was it? He came back. In Mark chapter 16, verse 5 through 7, it says, When they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a white robe, sitting on the right side, and the women were shocked. Take a moment here and realize that the first people that knew that Jesus had risen from the dead, the first followers of Jesus, were women. If you were going to fabricate this story, you never would have done that because in this time and in this era, women's word was not legal law. You couldn't write that down. Like, well, a woman saw it. In fact, it was so backwards in that culture that they didn't have a say in that. Now, Jesus' ministry was completely different. Jesus had disciples that were women. A lot of the times, Jesus' ministry was supported by women. It was a part of it. Jesus kind of flipped everything on his head and he said, yeah, women can be a part of this. Women are a part of this. And women are the first witnesses to this account. But the angel said, don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Look, this is where they laid his body. Everyone say Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. Say it again. Now say it like you're excited about it. Jesus is, is alive. He is alive. And not only that, but with his life comes our spiritual life. That's why we baptize. Going into the water represents the grave. Coming out of it represents new life. So this is what the angel says. He says, now go and tell his disciples, including Peter, that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee and you will see him there just as he told you before he died. Now we like to look at that and maybe you think, man, those disciples didn't have much faith. I think I'd be the same way. I'd be terrified. John, the disciple John, is the only one who is there at the cross to see Jesus die. and He's told to be the son of to Mary that Mary needs so that her needs are met. But the rest of the disciples are kind of in fear and they're locked up and they're hiding because they're afraid they're going to be next. But he is alive and he has brought them freedom. He says, go and tell the others. Go and tell the others. And that's a responsibility we still have. Go and tell the others. We're supposed to proclaim that Jesus is 
alive. And we're supposed to proclaim that he has made a difference for us in how we live and how we act. Luke 24, verse 6 through 7 says, He is not here, he is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. So Jesus appears to over 500 eyewitnesses after his death. After his death, he's risen from the dead, and he appears to over 500 witnesses. And eventually, he ascends up into heaven with many of those people watching. And before he goes, he tells them to go and make disciples. And I want to tell you, because of the obedience of the disciples, that's the only reason we're here right now. Because the disciples obeyed the words of Jesus Christ and they went out and they started churches. And if we were able to go back through history long enough, we would see that all of the churches in this area that are having service right now are directly tied to Jesus Christ and his ascension. And we would see that disciples planted different churches that planted other churches that started other churches that were missionaries here and there and everywhere. And because of that, we are the community, the church of Jesus Christ. We're not just a little church. We are a part of the bride of Christ. And as we said earlier, Jesus Christ is coming back. He's going to return. Amen? He is coming back. So not only is he arisen, and not only is he alive, he is coming. He is coming. And that's why our message in our gospel is so deeply important. Acts 3.15 is, is something that, it, it wasn't written directly at me, but I kind of take it personally. How many of you have worked with a hammer before? And you got the thumbnails to prove it, Right? My, my dad had wavy thumbnails because he was a carpenter for a long time. And he'd smack, <laughs> he'd smack those nails. And they'd kind of, you know, fall off and they'd come back wavy. And, and I was using this hammer a little bit this week and some other hammers. And it, it kind of dawned on me that in a way, when we're spiritually dead, we're still carrying the hammer. Like we're still trapped in that, that sin nature. We're still stuck in, in those things that we wish we didn't do. And we're still putting nails into something. Now, I'm not saying that Jesus feels it like there's nails and everything, but to be honest, Jesus did die because of me, right? He needed to die so that I could have salvation. And as much as it hurts to hit your finger, I can't imagine the pain that Jesus went through when they put the nails and do his hands and his feet. But it didn't end there, did it? He said, all of those nails that you've nailed into me, you're forgiven. You are forgiven. And that's the mercy and grace that we have, that even my future sins are not going to be hurting. That they're forgiven. At the cross, that Jesus' grace is enough to pay for it all and to pay for everyone. And that he went through the agony, not only of the physical death, but he went through the agony of bearing the sins of the world on his shoulders. So that I could put the hammer down. 
so that you could put the hammer down. Acts 3.15 says, You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead, and we are witnesses of this. So who has sinned against God? If I had more hands, I'd put them up. Because everything that we do, even against our brother or sister or husband or wife, our, our kids, our parents, any sin that we commit against anyone else is ultimately against God the Father. But God the Son, Jesus Christ, came and paid the penalty for that sin and erased it and gave us new life and a resurrection. He set us free because He is alive, because He is risen. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, and a new life has begun. The old life is gone, and the new life has begun. Emily, can you go get the kids? Thank you. We're going to have the kids come back into service. Usually they don't come back into service, but I want them to see this. That doesn't mean they're in trouble. <laughs> But I, I want them to see this. We're going to have uh, the people that have the cardboard testimonies. If you'd line up on this wall over here, you can do that right now. I'm going to talk for a little bit longer, but you can go stand over there. I, I didn't just want to talk the whole time. I want to give you guys a chance to see some of the stories of death to life that are in this church. In a, in a really brief and quick way. Uh, kind of a compact version of what it is from death to life because I want you to know that our faith doesn't just secure us a spot in heaven like a ticket it changes who we are it changes what we become it directs our path in fact following Jesus and making the decision to follow Jesus isn't just a one-time decision like check mark I'm a Christian now and I can add that to things like I like McDonald's that's not what it means what it means is you're choosing a path. You're choosing to follow Jesus. You're starting your adventure in Jesus Christ. The old way is gone. The new way has come. 2 Corinthians 5.17 This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. I remember playing video games as a child. The first game station I had was an Atari. That wasn't, graphics weren't that good. Eventually, I saved up enough money to buy a used Nintendo. How many of you guys remember that? And I want to tell you, I never got past like the fourth level in Mario. Uh, but what was nice is whenever I died, I just came back, right? There's a video on YouTube, you can check it out sometime, called uh, Mario Real Life or something. The guy hits his head on the bricks and he falls down and dies. I mean, that's what, that's what would really happen if you jumped up and punched something. But what Jesus has done for us has given us new life. And not only is it new life that he has given us, he has renewed it over and over again. How many of you have prayed the prayer of salvation before? A lot of hands. You've prayed that prayer of accepting Christ. How many of you know that you still have to ask for forgiveness sometimes? Yeah. It's amazing. When I found Jesus, I wasn't perfect. And I'm still not perfect. Not anywhere close. In fact, as I walk farther, I realize that it is by God's grace alone I am here. It's by God's grace alone I stand. 
So I'm, I'm very excited to, to show all of these stories to you, to allow you to see these. And then we're going to have a time of response. So as, as they flip it and as they smile when they show you their new life, it's okay to applaud. It's okay to get si- excited, hoot and holler, all right? I think when the disciples saw Jesus, they didn't go, oh, cool. <laughs> They're like, whoa, dead man. He's alive. Whoa. This changes everything. And guys, this has changed everything for them and it's changed everything for you. Amen. Amen. So as you come forward, I want you to give them a second to see everything. Hold it up there for 10 seconds. Count to 10, then flip it. Hold it for 10 again. Make sure that you guys are in a place that you can see. Amen.
guys for having the courage to share that. I want to thank you for your response to that. And uh, I think Jesus has a lot in store for us individually. Amen? A lot in store for us as a church and as families that are here. Yeah, worship team, you can go up. And uh, I want to I want to pray with you. If you've got something in your life that you want to see change like that, flip like that, reverse like that, you want to experience that resurrection. Let's bow our heads right now. I, I want you to raise your hand up right now if you if you want to pray with me about something like that. If there's something in your life that you need help with, put that hand up. Be bold. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see those hands. Thank you. See that hand, little guy? Yeah, thank you. All right, let's pray. Lord, I thank you that you are a God who knows exactly, exactly what we're dealing with. And not only do you know exactly what, you're, what we're dealing with, you've walked with us through it. Even if we haven't realized it, you're there beside us and you're calling us. And, and that there is a solution, there is an answer, there is something in store. And by opening ourselves up to you, Jesus, you can bring that hope into our life. You can bring that joy. And even if it's something that can't be repaired, you can repair us. And for that, we are grateful. So Jesus, I pray over these people that raise their hands right now that you would be their Savior and Lord, that they would pray that prayer to allow that to happen in this individual situation, but also over their entire life make yourself Lord be their resurrection and their light and their life in Jesus name we pray and everyone said amen amen you may stand up we hope that this message will help guide you toward positive Christ-centered change by reviewing this podcast you could be part of spreading the good news Please also consider giving a donation to our ministry at cometoabc.com slash giving. As always, these messages are available to copy and share on social networks. Until next time, continue to grow in Jesus.